0: Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you'll find insight, analysis and the story behind the numbers.
1: Hello and welcome to the State of the Economy podcast by Business Line. Today we discuss on the real estate trends for the month and going forward. We have with us Mr. Malana Sasalu, the CEO of Provident Housing. Mr. Malana Sasalu, who is currently the Chief Executive Officer of Provident Housing, has a tremendous career, spans a number of years and works on scaling up of profitable real estate development in startups, fundraising. And in terms of Provident Housing, it is a subsidiary of the Purvankara Group. Welcome to Business Lines podcast, sir. Thank you very much. Sir. I'm glad to be here. Sir, if you can run us through a brief outlook of us, of what FY23 was, what is the numbers going for FY23 for Provident and what is it going forward?
0: So far, we have started. Then, the first quarter of the year has started very well. We announced as a group that what was our number, and so now numbers are going to be announced for the first the first quarter. And we have done okay so far. And uh, I think going forward, looking at the industry, the way it is progressing, we see robust sales going up. And also, I think on tenth uh, there is an all important uh, meeting of the uh, the RBI to look at the interest rates and we are expecting it to be remain unchanged. So uh, with that, I'm sure that the 21% or 27% quarter compared to the previous years, the first quarter to this year, the growth has been more than 27%. So which means that we are in, in a good place, I think.
1: So in FY23, that's last year, if I remember, you sold around 1.93 lakh million square feet across 1,800 odd units. What is the trend now? Any such target numbers that you have from Providence's point of view for this year?
0: We have, in the sense that you know, it all depends on the launches. What we are coming up with, you know, we have around 5.8 million square feet of uh, total development that's coming that we are putting it out this year, planning to put out this year, and. Uh, that's five projects: three in Bangalore, one in Cochin and one in Chennai. It's roughly around two thousand eight hundred units. We are we are looking for a very good uh, growth this year. But uh, having said that, you know these are all thinks that you know the approvals um, have to happen we should be doing around somewhere around 1500 to 1600 rupees of business this year
1: and again in terms of business sir, if i may ask how does the sector look like especially in these markets that you are uh, that you are having launch projects are these user driven markets are these investor driven markets are these community developments in the sense like are these condominiums or are these plotted developments what what sort of category are you playing in
0: Currently in Provident, what we do is that, you know, we are into uh, mostly between 30 lakhs rupees to 90 lakhs rupees or not topping up up to one crore rupee. And that's the kind of market that we are operating in. And of course, at the, under the Provident brand is also we have Purva Lands where Provident owns the land and our brand, which we call it as Purva Lands, also develops plotted development across the residential sector. And irrespective of the price, I think the sales are robust in the market. So we are seeing that uh, you know as you go forward, this will only be picking up and remain like this for at least another couple of costs. Market will remain, I think, remain uh, robust for the next two to three years at least. The way we are looking at, and also that this time around, if you look at the launches that you know most developers are exercising quite a bit of caution in becoming bringing into the market in the sense that. Unlike in previous, you know, whenever that there was an upturn in the market, that the stock used to come to the market, you know, in heaps. And we used to have a lot of, you know, kind of competition and also the prices tend on going up sometimes unreasonably. But this time around, I think, you know, the the supply and the demand are matching. And I think that we have a good
1: run. So when you say the price points are playing across around 30 lakhs to 90 lakhs, this typically categorizes... Two very generic categories, if we take it on a broad scale, affordable, mid-to-mid premium categories of housing. So if we ask this question in a reverse way, how is both the segments playing out? There have been multiple reports which says that affordable housing has not been playing out as per expectations of developers. If I remember correctly, you also started off as a primarily affordable player. How is it uh, changing and what led shift in the market? What are your views on that? See, from the beginning, the
0: definition of affordable housing has always been a little bit of unclear, right? Because when the Pradhan Mantri Awas Yojana came in, uh, the affordable housing was considered to be 20 lakhs rupees, economically weaker section, low, lower income group, and so on and so forth. But from the private side, it's always been around 45 lakhs rupees was the, the affordable housing. Now, With the inflation and everything else, and whatever that has happened in the market, and I thought affordable housing. In any of the larger cities, metros, I don't think there's a, you know, you can anything can be less than 60 lakhs rupees, a two-bedroom or a two and a half bedroom apartment would be 60 to 65. So when we say 30 lakhs rupees to 90 lakhs rupees, if it is one lab, one bedroom apartment, it'll be selling at somewhere around 45 lakhs rupees. If it is a pod or a studio, it may be selling at 30, 35 lakhs rupees. If it is a three-bedroom, oh no, we we do, you know, we are in something like you know, we call them as three-bedroom comfort and three-bedroom grand. And if they come into the market, 70 lakhs, 80 lakhs, 90 lakhs. And depending on the the also the geography and pricing of the land will also play a role in in determining that price. And that's the reason why we call it as 30 to 90 lakhs rupees. And if the measurement of affordable housing is revised to 60 lakhs rupees, and you will see that actually there is a huge uh, uptake that has happened in the market. If you go back and look at 40 lakhs and 45 lakhs rupees and the market has moved on, And I think the definition of affordable housing need to be matched to
1: what has moved on. So this has been something that we have been hearing from across developers because we speak to quite a few that the definition of affordable housing needs to change. It cannot be 40, 45 lakh because a typical example they give is 45 lakhs is basically not even the land price in Bombay. (laughs) If I take Bombay as a parameter. Now, similarly, Bangalore developers are saying that there's a lot of question that is coming up on the 45 lakh price bracket, because it really doesn't suit the purpose. So in this context, again, have you reached out to the government to redefine this affordable housing, I mean, is, is something happening? Because there are a lot of forums, like uh, in the sense like Quedai, Naredco, all these players, are, I mean, all these forums are there for the real estate players. Are you trying to redefine this affordable housing category? There were always two definitions of affordable housing, one
0: from the government perspective, one from the private perspective. And the government perspective was never 45 lakhs rupees. Government perspective was that if it is EWS, it is 30 square meters. And if it is LIG, Mm. it is 60 square meters. They were looking at somewhere around 18 lakhs rupees to 25 lakhs rupees as the affordable housing. That was the definition. And also it was tied to the Income, 3 lakhs rupees per annum, if people earned, then they will go and buy the EWS and 6 lakhs rupees if people earn, they buy the LIG. 6 lakhs rupees means 50,000 rupees per month. 50,000 rupees per month means, you know, even if you say that they are going to be making 40% of their income, they are going to be putting it on their house EMI they would have a 20000 rupees in their pocket to pay the emi <laughs> it means that you know it's it never it we were, we were never able to manage that and if you really look at it across the board the real estate developers we could not participate in the the, the affordable housing as the government saw that it which was not possible so now what has happened is that the government has also retracted right now there is no more affordable housing uh, the, there is affordable housing definition and it is not geared towards the government, geared towards the private developers. It is more towards the government actually developing it and handing it over to the people. Where the government owns the land and they develop it and they get the benefit from the central government. That is Pradhan Mantri Awas Yojana. State governments and the state government bodies like Karnataka Housing Board and others. They get the benefit from the central government and more or less as of today, the private players are out of Pranamantri Almasyut.
1: And, and again, between your categories, plotted and condominiums, which one fares better and where do you see traction in the future days to come? In those two, three years that you are so bullish about, where do you see the traction coming?
0: See, uh, both of them are doing extremely well at this point of time. And in my opinion, that the plotted development is a little bit of a futuristic thing. And so there are a lot of people, people who are buying that. Are generally going in as an, you know it's a two stops towards acquiring their own home. First, you put some money and you buy the plot and wait for some time and then go and build the house so that you can make a make your own house. And also people who have some you know they, I already have one small house and so that you know I will make some investment uh, into the plotted development and so that will continue that way. But I think the, the condominiums will continue to drive the market simply because as and as when the realization the way it is happening at this point of time people coming in and people have understood that the community living you know and also it is i want it in one year i want to buy a house in one year i know those kind of situation when it comes and i think our condominiums will continue to do that compared to the plotted
1: development and across these new projects the interest is generated primarily from first-time buyers or upgrades or is it primarily investor is buying it and then trying to rent it out because these come at somewhat of a more of let's say mid-range in prices when you see the demand i would say more than 70
0: percent of them are you know first time first time buyers and maybe 30 times 30 30 percent of the people could be anybody who could be having a lot of money who's trying to buy two three apartments or somebody who says okay let me have one more house where i can get some rent you know, depending on you know, which location the, uh, the the asset is in, um, so still it is driven by you know the end users.
1: A lot of reports also came out in the initial last, let's say, put it, let's put it in this way, the last few quarters of FY '23 that since rate hikes were going up and since the rates were going up, the RBI's rates were going up, this led to a slowdown in housing growth. Is it still the scenario now, or is it back to normal growth? What is it now?
0: You saw last uh, two times when the the RBA took the interest rate up actually did not dent the the buying spree from the people. And in fact, the last one when they sat, uh, they did not increase it. And this time also we are thinking that they're not going to increase. It's simply because house buying and paying the EMI is not, people have understood, is not something that we do over just one or two years. And what's happening in the immediacy that your interest rates are going up, interest rates are coming down. It's almost 25, 30 years of uh, EMI paying, right? So most of them are, are looking at 0.5% going up uh, into how much would that be on an EMI basis? It's maybe a thousand rupees or a thousand five hundred rupees or two thousand rupees dent on a fifty thousand, sixty thousand rupees EMI. So that, that is not affecting. That. Historically, Indian interest rates were never less than eight percent. Only in the last five years that it had come down to somewhere around six and a half, seven percent. And then this is the normal. When you look at a country like India where inflation is regularly at around powering between six, six point five, I would suggest that interest housing loan can't be so close to the inflation itself. It will be one or two basis points higher than that.
1: And again, with as as you rightly pointed out, that you expect rates to remain stable or rather no, no hikes in rates this time around, also in case there's a hike let's just presume it's a completely hypothetical situation in case there's a traditional 25 bps or hike how do we developers do you have a plan b for that what are your plan b's then
0: um so we can't see this is something that's not in our control we can't do much about it that you know it's it's, it's a larger economic event that happens when interest rates goes up so we are just part of that event we don't foresee that this is going to have Uh, larger effect if that happens because I'm not, first of all, I'm not expecting it to go up. As I said, a 0.25% going up is not something that it is going to make a huge uh, dent on the spirits of the uh, people buying the house. As I I said earlier, the EMI is only going to be around, depending on what is your total uh, borrowing, and it will be in in, in hundreds and and, one or 2,000 rupees per month Going up or going
1: down, and uh, if I may ask, what's how much investments have we put in so far across the projects, existing projects of yours, the ongoing projects in Provident is somewhere around six
0: million square feet, right? Six million mm-hmm. square feet. Even if I say that, um, you know, three three thousand rupees is what my including my GST construction cost, or you know, give or take one hundred two hundred rupees this side that side, it may it goes to upwards of thousand eight hundred crore rupees on construction itself, right? So this year, as I said, we have got another 5.8 million square feet. Uh, we are launching, which is around 2,000 crore rupees of investment is going to go. And mind you, this is uh, this is barring the land that the, the calculation I've not taken the land, just the construction side of what I am talking about. Right then, there is of course there are other services and other things that we take from the people such as architects and others. So an upwards of 2,000, 4,000, 2,000 crore 2, rupees of what has already been uh, invested another in 2000 rupees is what is going to be invested going forward
1: finally one of my questions is again a very futuristic one going forward would you look to upgrade further i mean right now i know you're already at the 90 lakh bracket but would you look at premium housing projects anytime soon
0: yeah, as provankara group that we have got you know we are we are there in every asset class that you can think of right mm-hmm. but as provident our focus will remain between this 30 to 90 lakhs rupees whatever because i do i do not categorize anything as affordable unaffordable mid size you know bit segment and other <laughs> things um my focus is group housing at a large scale right so that is our focus once in a while what happens is that there will be some land parcel that comes up which requires a different approach and uh, we won't hesitate to go and do Something that is a little bit higher, 1.5 crores or 1.6 crore rupees. But that is not our focus. That will not be in large numbers. Here and there, that that can happen because of the way business is going to get structured when, when, when we have a land pass. Is there any fundraising plans for
1: this 2,000 crore?
0: As developers, we continue to be looking for funds, right? Now, that is the business. The business itself is like that. As we need to expand and we will be looking for funds and we are speaking to several uh, you know, private equity investors and others, and also that, uh, of course, you know there there are banks and you know construction finances, and then we're acquiring lands that we are looking for, uh, you know, finances. So, but at the same time, that you know more than thirty percent of the money comes from us on an any investment. So it is, it is, it is, it's, it's an ongoing thing. It's I don't want to put a finger and say that you know we want this much money or that much money, but as and when we
1: address and expand we will be going for uh, looking for money and fundraising fundraising is a constant endeavor. you had as purvankara you had pioneered the concept of project-based funding like getting a particular p for a particular project is this the same that you do in uh, you plan in providence for these uh, large-scale projects that you are looking at now
0: currently that is the way it is going and it does not mean that uh, we cannot do a platform right we can do a platform of four or five or six projects together and uh, those kind of investors that when investors when they have the appetite and we will be looking at it. And as you know that uh, we are working with IFC and IFC is uh, usually works with us on, on that basis. So two or three projects they come together on two or three projects. Then a you know, the blended thing is what we are doing with them. And of course you know we are also doing you know many number of you know project by project uh, kind of uh, financing as well uh, of the investments as well. Um, so, nothing stops us from looking for new avenues to build a platform funding. And,
1: uh, sure, sir. That would be all from my end, sir. Thank you. Thank you for uh, speaking to us and for taking time out. To thank you very much.
0: It was my pleasure to be with you,